Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 359 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. So I'm a little bit excited about today's topic. And it's not just because we're talking about planning and summer planning and summer break, but it's also because I have a new like a new idea for a structure of an episode that I'm hoping we can turn into a series. So thanks for thanks for being here with me, Megan, and just going with my idea. I'm just like, hey, I'm glad I showed up yeah. and uh, I wish I had shown up earlier. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to like, you know. Oh, tie it back um, to the theme. Tie there. it back to the theme. Yep. OK, yeah. well, we've been doing this for seven years. And so every year we kind of circle back to some of the same topics. And you all listening are very patient with us. Sometimes like sometimes you and I feel like we're repeating ourselves after all this time. So it is kind of fun for us to think of new ways to present conversations or new structures. And so here's how this one works. We're going to talk about summer break and summer planning, but the format we're going to use is glad I did slash wish I'd done. And this is just allows us to look back at our lives as moms of little kids and growing kids and bigger kids and kind of pat ourselves on the back for the things we did that we're glad we did. Like, Hey, that was a really good idea or that was a happy accident. Um, and then also reflect on some of the things we wish we'd done differently. And this is something listeners actually ask us for quite a bit. Like we keep it positive on this show, of course. So we're not talking about like deep life regrets or anything like that. But it is <laughs> when you look back, it is definitely a thing that you think, oh, I, I probably could have lightened up about that or I probably could have approached that a little differently. And I think or at least we've been told that that is helpful to the listener. Well, and don't you feel like so much of this is sort of like personality driven too? Because for me, the things I'm glad I did are often like the opposite side of the same coins from the things I wish I'd done. Mm -hmm. So because my um, personality would maybe drive me to be a little more freewheeling, a little less concerned about details, it's like 80% of the time I'm really glad I did whatever fit my personality. Yeah. And then like 
20% of the time I'm like, oh man, but I really could have used a little more structure or on the flip side, sometimes like the things I wish I had done are the things that were outside of my, like that I tried, um, to force like a square peg into a yeah. round hole a little bit and it just didn't work. And yeah. so I think there's like a mix, right? Yep. Absolutely. I know that I find it hugely valuable when someone who's ahead of the journey that I'm on is like, yeah, lo- looking back, I wish I'd, and it's often the rest of that sentence is I wish I'd been a little easier on myself about this, or I, li- I wish I'd, um, been a little more patient or less hard on myself. So anyway, we're going to frame today's episode talking about summers, summers with small kids and planning summers. Um, but I'm looking forward to using, hopefully using the same format and applying it to different topics, you know, periodically. Cause I think I think it'll be fun. And anytime we get to look back and reflect is, is a good conversation. Um, so before we start looking backwards, I have to ask, we're recording this on the last day of March, 2022, uh, listeners, you're hearing it in early April and Megan, where are you in like, on a scale of one to 10, one being what is summer and 10 being like, I know what I'm doing every single day from June to September. Like, where are you in your planning and thinking about this coming summer? Well, I never will be at the, the, <laughs> the range, like where I know what I'm doing every single day. That, that will literally never happen. So I would say if I'm, if the scale is Maybe a where, Megan scale, it should be a right, Megan if scale. If I'm on the Megan scale, this is on a bell curve, right? So if I'm on the Megan scale, I'm, I'm pretty on track. I mean, usually by this time of year, I have a few vacations planned. And so there I'm, I'm there, like we've got our big UP trip with the family, the extended family that's been on the book since Christmas. And it really helps having other people. I actually tend to be the one pushing forward, um, travel plans, like out of my entire extended family. I am not the most organized, I guess maybe I'm just the most motivated to get it on the calendar so that it doesn't stress me out later. So that's been on the books for a long time. Also, um, I have be, like a few times been the de facto person booking things. Cause I really like to be that person. Right. I like to travel plan and then have been the one who realized like we waited too long and there's no possible way to find cabins that fit, you know, as many people as we have or whatever. So this year we got on it really early. So that's done. Um, I have a concert that I'm going, I'm going to go see the chicks with Jenna and Missy. So nice. that's not a family oh, thing, but it's so on the good. calendar. I know I'm so excited. In this Chicago? will be the first concert. No, in Detroit. Pine okay. So this will be the first concert. I have been to in, I mean, three years. Yeah. In the, in the new times. Um, yeah, like a really long time. And, and Eric and I have some things planned. So there's a few big rocks on the calendar. Um, it's weird with older kids because they're doing so much of their own planning and none of my kids are super joiners. So like Will's going to have a job and he has, a he's got, always got like a packed social schedule, but he manages all that on his own. Yeah. Owen's social schedule is much more internet-based. He also manages that on his on his own. And Clara's is really, at this point, just setting up a lot of hangouts with her friends. Yeah. And then, like, the four of us together just don't have a lot to, like, I don't know, organize, I yeah. guess. So on the Megan scale, I'm doing really well. But that's because right now the Megan scale is very, doesn't require a lot for me. There's not as point. many moving pieces. It's not exactly. that calculus of working from home, like kids who need supervision or childcare, right. et cetera. Um, right. and that, you know, those who know us know that we're going to be talking about times where we were freelancing or working part-time or working from home. And we also know that childcare in the summer is its own challenge. We don't yes. have as much experience as many of you do 
in booking full-time childcare for the entire summer. I think we can both speak to working and childcare challenges in the summer, but it will be different than someone who works outside the home eight to five. So just acknowledging that we can only speak to what we've experienced. Um, For me, I feel pretty uh, on the Sarah scale. I feel a little ahead of normal. Like I, I I went through a big burst of summer planning energy a week or two ago, and we're going to talk about our wish I did, glad I'd done whatever. But I, I'm being a little bit more aggressive about booking camps for my younger two this year, um, because the childcare pinch has started to feel a little more real for me the last few years. Cause I work much more to a full-time schedule than, you know, five or six years ago, I was working a much more part-time schedule. So I have booked some camps. Um, most camps around here seem to be operating and COVID safe. And like, this is the first summer in a, in a couple years that I felt like I had a lot of choices last summer. We did a couple things, but it was very much like, okay, which ones are outside and what are the protocols? And this feels much more normal. So I have done quite a bit of, um, looking at the whole summer, like week by week. Um, and that is, brings me much satisfaction to just see it all laid out there. Uh, we have one big family trip at the end of June. We don't have anything else right now, but, uh, the kids each have either a camp or a couple of day camps. And so I'm starting to, I guess, like slide in those pieces and also really trying to prioritize making sure that I have at least a couple weeks where everybody is doing something and I will have a more normal work week, similar to what I have during the school year. Yeah, I think it would actually be really interesting to for especially for the moms of little kids to hear what household interruptions look like when kids are the age that ours are. And I'll actually start because you would think at the age my kids are like, what could they possibly have to say to me? Yes. (laughs) And I think that all the time, like you wouldn't think being home working with the 13, 16 and 18 year old would be as as. disruptive as it can be. But here's an example. Yesterday, Will was home in the middle of the day. Um, he didn't have to, like, there was something he could skip in school, which, you know, again, he's an 18 year old senior. So when he tells me that, I'm just like, okay, I just take him at his word. I don't know. He didn't have to be there for whatever reason. And I am used to working all over my house. So I was sitting at the kitchen Island and he comes lumbering up out of his bedroom and starts a conversation with me about some meme or something. I don't, and finally I had to say, honey, like, I like I went right back into that mom mode as though he was an eight month old mm-hmm. where I felt like he's talking to me. Therefore, I must, I must respond. I must fix all of my attention on him. And finally, I'm like, wait a second. It's one thirty in the afternoon. I don't need you're not even supposed to be here. And I had to just say, sweetie, like, I love when my teenagers pay attention to me. I don't want to squander that. It's not that often that it happens. But when it happens in, at one thirty in the afternoon on a busy workday, I just can't listen to you right now. Yes. And finally, he just kept coming into the room. So I had to leave and go to a different room, yes. which was fine. But anyway, I'm just I want to just put it out there that like that feeling of like there's people in the house I can't work doesn't really go away. No, just because they're bigger. No, it doesn't. And I've often had magical thinking about that the last few years. And I, I think what I'll add to what you just said is it's so much about what you get used to and your expectations. So like, you know, when your baby's up every hour and a half for four months straight and you haven't caught a good stretch in months, if you get five hours of sleep, like because of a magical long stretch, you feel like you could conquer the world, right? But then when your baby or babies have been sleeping through the night relatively consistently for a while and you get a bad night where maybe you only get five hours or you get a couple of three or four hour stretches with a big interruption, you feel like you're dying, right? So 
whatever, whatever. And I would say the same with like, um, expectations of productivity if you're at home during the summer. And, and that could be, it could be if you're used to kids being in school, it could be it, like if you expected that you're going to get some some cleaning or some organizing projects done, yeah. whatever you thought, whatever you have gotten used to in terms of your kids being maybe away from your purview for an amount of time, whether that's part time preschool or full time school, when it's taken away, it stings, it hurts. And it doesn't matter that yeah. they are older and in theory, more self-sufficient. Um I think for me having three, it is just the, it's the not knowing if I'm going to sit down for 25 minutes or an hour, but someone will need something. They'll have a question. They'll need a ride. They're not independent enough to make their own plans yet. So while I really want to nurture their, like their independence in that area and their social lives, especially coming out of a pandemic, I've been pretty accommodating about things like driving to meet up with friends because it's, it's felt like a priority for their, for their well being and their health. But it does mean that it's like, oh, this plan is happening. Can I get a ride here? You know, it's just, yeah. Yeah. I feel like we're very little, into- it's like micro, <laughs> like micro interruptions. And, and yeah. And, and also your, your tolerance for chaos goes down. Like you were saying, it's what you're used to. I used to be able to literally meet deadlines <laughs> with children crawling all over me. And yeah. now I'm like, I don't even want them to breathe right. in the same room as me because I'm not used to it. And when they come into the room and start breathing, or opening the fridge or asking yeah. me questions. I don't have the same ability anymore to just zone it out yeah. because I'm not used to it. That's a yeah. skill that has gotten rusty for, yeah. for me. So yeah, anyway, not exactly. it's not about complaining about, you know, having older kids that interrupt us. I love when my older kids interrupt me. They're talking to me. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> but some of these issues you think will be like completely gone. Don't go away even when they're adults yeah. in your house. Yeah. yeah. You could probably say the same for spouses. And I think a lot of people have learned oh that my gosh. during working at home. <laughs> I've already blocked it out. It's been almost a year, not even, it's been like nine months since Brian went back to work in the office, but something reminded me of it the other day. And I was like, I think I vaguely complained about it on the podcast without wanting to be too mean, or maybe it was on social media, but like, oh my gosh, yes, just another respectful adult who you, whom you love and adore in the house with you for two years is, is a lot. So, all right. Yeah. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals. And Katie loved the herb crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. 
We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. Okay, Sarah, so let's kick it off with things that we're glad we did when it comes to summer break. You want to go first on this? Yeah. So the first thing that came to mind for me, and this is the kind of thing that takes, uh, it takes some distance to see that this really worked for me, but I am really glad that I created a few like anchor rituals to our summer early on because these are now full-fledged traditions and things that the kids look forward to. I think the lazy genius calls these types of rituals opening ceremonies and closing ceremonies, which is cute because it's like Olympics. I wasn't reading Kendra's work at this time, so it's just a coincidence, but we do have kind of a kickoff to summer ritual and that has stuck through the years and it's called Bagels, Books and Beach. I've probably mentioned it before, but we literally go get bagels. I have printed book lists for the kids. I take them to the library and the bookstore um, and we sort of overindulge in books and then we go to the beach and we read on the beach. Even if it's for five minutes, it helps with the alliteration because a themed day is made better with a fun title. So we have to ba- ask you something. Mm-hmm. You don't eat bagels on the beach, do you? Nope. The bagel. All I can think about is sand and sour and cream cheese. Sand and my cream cheese. Um, no, the bagels part is where I've usually printed out book lists. You can get them on Scholastic. I have a book blog that I've recommended for years that I can link up. It doesn't matter where. It could be the one that comes home in the folder on the last week of school. But we do this usually the first Monday of real summer. Like, I mean, everybody's out of school. The last kid is out of their last thing. The performances are done. So it's usually like the first Monday of whatever week that would be. And the bagels part is that we we have these book lists printed out and they highlight and they circle. And I've kind of pre-done this for them, like books, book lists by their age and stuff. So they get excited about looking for these books. Then we go to the library to see what the library has. And then we go to the bookstore and even buy some, which I don't buy that many books because we're big library users. So that's all special. And then we go to the beach. And by that point, usually the beach is sort of just to say we did and we live close went to the beach. Just yeah. went to the beach. Yeah. 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 I like it. You can't have just bagels and books. You got to have another yeah. B. But exactly. Yeah, it helps. Yeah. The thing of threes. Um, but like we've been doing this probably for five years. It was before Violet was even included. She was like, so at least five years, maybe six years we've been doing this. And now they ask when it's going to be. And, you know, it like we always say with traditions, it doesn't have to be exactly the same every year. There certainly have been modifications in COVID and things like that. 
Um, but it's sort of solidified as like one of these anchor rituals. And the other one for us is we call it Papa Pizza Day, which is in August because my father-in-law who passed away in 2016 was a, a really good home cook and pizza chef. And he had a pizza restaurant in Chicago for a while and we have all of his recipes. And so on his birthday in August, we make a bunch of his pizzas and we listen to music he loved and we sort of honor Papa. And that ends up being right before school starts because my kids usually go back like the third week of August. So Papa Pizza Day is just coincidentally kind of like our closing ceremonies for summer. Um, I have introduced Unlimited Screens Day <laughs> near the end of summer now, <laughs> which is hilarious because it is it is my kids have very limited screens. So to let them loose on unlimited screens is a sight to behold. And then every year I try to introduce something new. Like last year I did kids, kids cook dinner once a week. I tried documentary Thursdays that failed miserably last year. So like these, these sort of cheesy themed days do not always stick, but I will say I am glad that I have made the effort and I'm glad for the ones that have stuck. I love that. I really love the Papa pizza. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, well, you know, when I, this is less specific than yours, but I guess what came to mind first, like the, the thing that I think was most on brand for me, um, in summers was that I just kind of let the kids run feral mostly. And by that, I mean, like, I could always feel like by the end of this school year, my ability to hold together these routines was starting to wane. Yes. Like we were all getting very itchy for something that didn't feel like getting up at the same time every day, going to bed at the same time every day, like so structured. And part of that is, you know, my personality just wanting but to even change I get things like that. up. Yeah. But you get like that too. It gets monotonous for everybody. And so um, I would really just relax everything. Like I did not expect the kids to do quote summer learning unquote. If there were any suggestions that came home about things they were supposed to do to like not have the summer slide. I'm like, if they don't want there to be a summer slide, then they need to not make there not be summer. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm not, I am engaged. We, we, we did the work all year and now this is the reward and we all want to enjoy it. So my opinion was just like, yeah, relax your bedtime. Yeah. Get up, you know, within reason when you want, um, let's keep the house from falling apart. But other than that, like you guys can kind of do what you want to do. And most of the time, I feel like it was a really well-deserved leisurely break, but there's always limits to that. And, you know, in the second half, when we talk about things we'd wish we'd done, there were definitely times when I can look back and say, oh, there were some ways maybe I could have added a bit more structure, especially into the, the like the two thirds mark, yeah. which I feel like is when things start to kind of like, you're not at the end of the finish. Like you're not at the end yet. Yeah. You're not really close enough to just let it all fall apart. You got to hold it together but everybody's sick of now the monotony of the other side. Yeah. It's like the monotony of the routine. Now there's no routine and that's monotonous too. And so I think there's some things I could have introduced in there. Um, but mostly I did like that feeling of just really enjoying the season. And the fact that our break also lines up with the only few months we're going to have warm, sunny weather yeah. and long days um, really helps. Like it was nice to know that we could just like, maximize the beach days mm -hmm. and because we're not going to get those during the school year anyway. So, yeah. um, yeah, so that, I guess that's like more, it's a little more vague and a little less specific than anything we did. It's more like the attitude around it, but I'm pretty glad that I did that. I, I still think it is worth mentioning that you're glad you did. And I am so curious what your kids will remember about those summers. I bet they will have really happy sort of amorphous memories about what summer was like 
in your house yeah. growing up. Well, that's kind of how I remember summer being. Yeah. It was just very like relaxed and chill. And, and probably there probably are kids in my household whose personality might've lent itself more towards structure. I will say a few of those kids w- would create it for themselves. If mm-hmm. I didn't like enforce it, there were still kids in my household who put themselves to bed at the same time every night <laughs> and got up at the same time every day just because they wanted to. And then there was yeah. others that I had to blast out of bed with dynamite because <laughs> they wouldn't ever get up otherwise. So so much of it, it's like, you know, the mom's personality and the kid's personality sometimes just don't jive. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, here's another one. And this is, I think, another one where I'm going to have the counterpoint in in the second half. But I am I am glad for the most part that I held off on enrolling my kids in day camps for a very long time. And I'm going to put an age range on there that we didn't even dabble in any day camps during the summer until my oldest two were maybe eight and six. And then when we started dabbling, they each got one, like one in in an 11 week summer, they each got to pick one thing. And then, you know, as the years went by, it was a little bit more. And like I said, I've, I've started to work a little bit more and needed some balance of childcare, but I was a holdout. And in my community, I was definitely an outlier, um, just because there was a lot to do a lot to choose from. So I know some of you listening and we hear this from our community, not everybody has a ton of summer day camps to choose from depending on where you live. And sometimes there's maybe a parks and rec program and that's it. Or the YMCA. I I just happened to live in places where there were a lot of choices and a lot of not peer pressure is the wrong word, but the norm was to enroll your kids in a lot of things all summer long. And here's why I held out and why I'm glad I did and why it was best for me. doesn't mean it's necessarily best for someone else. Number one, it was a financial decision, like period, end of story. I, my income in those days was not enough to pay for or justify full or even half day camps. I was only working a few hours a week and I, I could do my work around nap times and bedtimes and kids schedules. It wasn't always easy, but I could do it and I couldn't necessarily justify the cost. So number one, it was just purely a financial decision. And I'm, I'm glad I sort of like did what was right for our budget and our family at that time. I also, to your point about May, Megan, I really needed a break from driving my kids around and packing lunches and unpacking lunches and finding water bottles and refilling water bottles. It sounds complainy and petty, but when you get to the end of May and you have a couple of kids in elementary school or preschool, like they're not helping. They don't get very helpful <laughs> with that stuff for a long time. And I, it, it's nothing sounded worse to me at that point than getting a new camp. Okay. Now this, okay. No peanuts in this lunch. Okay. You know, like every camp right. has You're its basically own, like, just jumping out of one situation yeah. where now you need to learn a whole new set of rules. And exactly. yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, I totally get it. So that felt to me not worth the few hours of childcare I would get. And then the, the last one, and this was kind of unique to my sibling trio, but my kids played really, really well together for a few long years there. And in fact, having my oldest at home made the youngers easier. So whereas like a six-year-old or a seven-year-old might've been ready for some camps and might've, might've had a good time and benefited from it. That meant I was losing the kid who would like (laughs) court, like help play with the youngers. It was like, I, it would have added to my stress level more than it gave me any childcare. Um, and so I just felt like we had time to get into the, the day camp thing. Cause that was a thing in, in our area. And I'm just really glad we delayed it because when we did, and we have done some really cool camps in the summer, I felt like I, I saved all that money. I saved all that sanity. I saved all that driving around and packing lunches. 
And then later, when when everybody was maybe seven, nine, and eleven, eight, ten, twelve, then we really like sort of took advantage of what was available. But I just I went to it later than a lot of my peers, and I'm glad I did. Yeah, I I love that, and I I mean I had I also did not do a lot of day camps um, for some similar reasons and some different reasons, and I'll talk a little bit about more about that in um, part two. Um, but I totally understand all of your reasoning. Yeah. Well, one of the ones that came to mind for me was that in the summer, I have always continued to, for the most part, cook real food. And I feel like this is one of those things that when, when the monotony wheels start falling off the bus, like when the late summer situation starts to happen, um, eating real food is often one of the things that goes and our meals definitely become more relaxed in the summer. I mean, I think we just have more like, Hey, we're out and about playing around. Let's grab you know, Jimmy John subs or something like that. There's more of that sort of thing that comes up, but I always held the line just shy (laughs) of complete dissolution and devolving of like nothing, you know, where all we're eating is takeout or chicken nuggets. Um, because I felt like it was for me as much as for the kids, like our lives were run very casually in the summer and are run very casually in the summer. And And also with older kids now, they're scattered. They have all these things going on. And I didn't, I felt like if we didn't have one thing to bring us all back, even if it wasn't every night we're sitting around the table at the same time, just like even a shared thing that we all ate, like we all ate the same thing today, even if we ate it all at different times, like something about that to me was comforting. Like just being able to be like, oh, well, you're going to be out a little bit later tonight. Cool. Uh, You know, leftovers are in the yellow container in the fridge. Like just that much connection with what the pulse of the family is makes a difference, yes. especially during a time when everything feels a little loose. Um, so I would say that like, it just helped me feel like there was routine and yes. order and the kids had a sense that like, Oh, mom is still running. There's still a ship that's afloat there's here. A it's not, somewhere. there's a captain somewhere. <laughs> She's like just in the kitchen avoiding us, I guess. But like, you know, she's still there. And, uh, you know, you can also kind of tell when that even starts to fall apart, it's like, okay, like now I know it's, we're done. Like, yeah. you know, either we need to, either we need to like, be, because the summer's nowhere close to being done. We need to like, I don't know, regather, regroup here and figure something out. Or it's like, oh, right. We're two weeks away. Yeah. And now, yeah. So, so that was one thing I really am glad I have always done. I really like that one. And I, it makes you said you said it yourself, but it, seems like it would be such an anchor point for you because as moms, I think we can feel a little bit untethered in the summer. Like you're always responding to a a less predictable or less routine oriented system. And so to just say to yourself, like, no, I cook dinner in this house every day or every other day. And then we have leftovers or whatever, just almost like a non-negotiable. And I really like that. Um, well, my next one is really simple and sort of tactical, but I am really glad that I stuck with the process of making a photo book every time we did our East Coast summer vacation. Um, and now it has been a handful of times. So we only go to Rhode Island to see my in-laws every other year. And with COVID, there was actually a like a two-year break. So it doesn't happen very often. And um, every year I take all the photos and I don't do this until like Christmas, by the way. I, I don't do it right away, but I make like a Shutterfly photo book. And the first time I did it, I gifted it to my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law. And then the next time I did it again, and I didn't even really know that like, okay, this is a thing I'm always going to do. 
And some years it was photo books are a lot of work. They just are. And yeah, of course, like are. the technology gets better and I want them to look perfect. And I have my own issues there. So the process has not always been enjoyable. Sometimes I'm cursing this tradition, but here's what I will say. We have little cousins on the East Coast that only see my kids every other year, sometimes more, but sometimes they go two years without seeing cousins seeing each other. Um, and these these kids now look at these photo books throughout the year all the time. As soon as we start planning a Rhode Island trip, we go back to the book. Sometimes I'll just find my kids getting out the stack, looking through all of them. We go to the same places. We have some of the same pictures. This is, again, one of those things that's it, it's hard to declare at the outset, like, oh, this is going to be a meaningful tradition because you don't know if it is and you don't know if you're going right. to stick to it. But I can say in hindsight that I'm just really glad I stuck with it and having a stack of five books or whatever we have now, four or five, um, makes me so much even enjoy the process of making the next one because it just we have the momentum now and I think it will be right. special forever. I love that. Okay, well, the last of my glad I dids, I, this one's going to be kind of quick. Um, and again, it's more of a vague thing, more of a more of a mindset, really, than like a thing we did specifically. But we were really we were really into having kind of an open door policy for a long time um, where neighborhood like it felt like less work to me to let the kids just kind of run with their friends and let kids just kind of be in and out all day mm -hmm. than for me to have strict rules around like when kids could knock on doors or yeah. when my kids could play and things like that. And it served us really well for a good long time. And then I was over it. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I would just say like, there was a season of my life when I didn't have like a newborn in the house anymore that I had to worry about getting woken up for naps, but like, like a toddler, like when Clara was like a toddler through maybe when she was like seven and we had neighbor kids that we enjoyed them, you know, my kids playing with, um, it worked really well. We did have some weird entanglements with people with less savory people oh, that yeah. I, I, think you you know, we've talked recently. about recently yeah. Yeah. that created some issues. And I think after that, my older kids were getting older. They wanted more control over their social lives. They really didn't want people just randomly stopping yeah. by anymore and things like that. And they, and, and they also started to not play in gangs together anymore. So it wasn't like Will and Owen were always playing together with the same other kids. Right. They wanted to have separation there. Right. And so it just didn't work anymore. But while it worked, it really worked. And I think it's a good example of sometimes things work until they don't. Mm -hmm. And you have to be like willing to let things go. And even if you feel like they were something that defined you, yeah. um, it can be like almost like an identity shift. Um, but that was kind of one of those for me. Like I didn't mind supplying the neighborhood kids with uh, popsicles and free access to my yard and things like that until I did. Yeah. And then that was good. It wasn't like I was mad at myself for having done no. it. It just no longer served us. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel yeah. about the, the, we don't do camps thing. And I really did. Yeah. Like I had to kind of say to my kids and sometimes say to my friends like, Oh no, we don't do, we don't really do day camps in the summer. We're just kind of hang out at home. And until we did until it was yeah. time to shift that. Yeah. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. 
It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Sarah. So now we're going to talk about the things we wish we had done. What about, what about you? What did you, what do you wish you had done? This is an ongoing, I wish I would continue to figure this out. So, um, (laughs) this one has to do with travel and I wish that I had ever in my life figured out dog boarding, boarding my dog when we go on vacation. And it's just one of those areas where I know you all think I'm a planner and organized, but like everybody's got a thing and like an Achilles heel. And mine is like remembering that I have a dog. And (laughs) (laughs) I would say when we go, so, so the point is it has gotten us into last minute, stressful and expensive scrambling for doggy boarding way more times than you would think it would take for us to learn this lesson. Um, so I guess what I wish I'd done differently is I wish I'd somehow tied the planning of a vacation directly to the planning of the dog boarding. So it's like you book your flight, you book your rental car, you book your hotel and you figure out what to do with your dog. And it is still not clicked for me. And it remains a challenge. I will say for our biggest trips is when we tend to be the best about it. If we're going across the country to Rhode Island or something, we tend to be like, okay, what are we going to do? Cause it's very, it's going to be really expensive to figure out pet sitting where it really comes to bite us is the more like, uh, I don't know. Okay. We're going to go drive the, when we lived in orange County, we're going to drive to Santa Barbara for the weekend, or we're going to do a quick overnight here. And the things that come up more last minute, it was like, I would forget that the dog, it was like, it never made it onto a checklist and I would forget every single time. So I wish well, I'd done that not, better and I wish I would do it better in the future. When you're not going far, I get it because the dog doesn't factor in. It's like, they're one of the family. It's yeah. like not, 
it's just like you just figure that'll get taken care of. And I've I've had the same. I've made yeah. the same gaffe. Never to wear like it. I, I've always been able to figure it out because I think around the, the place that we're in, I think they just look at my, they squeeze my dog in. Like, yeah. I feel like when we, we just have gone to the same place for so long that I feel like when I call, even if they're a little full, they're like, which one? And they think yeah. about it. And they're like, oh yeah, well. Small town, <laughs> small town life <laughs> yeah. and moxie. Yeah. 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 And they know she's not really big and she's not like, she's not one of those dogs that needs a ton of exercise and the, you know, she's like an old dog who just wants to lie around and it's not a big deal. Yeah. But, um, I'm curious what your, like, what kind of a checklist do you use when you plan trips? Is it on paper mm. somewhere or in I your mean, head? now, now I use Todoist for everything. And so I add things I need to do. If they pop into my head, I put them in Todoist and I would like assign them to a project and give them a due date. But it's like, in a at a more like conceptual level, it's like this to do doesn't even exist. So there's not a way to use Todoist to like anytime something I've never used Todoist. Anytime something is like flagged as travel, like a little picture of your dog pops up and it says like, remember me, um, <laughs> not remember you have a dog. Not exactly. Um, yeah. but what, when I, when you do think of it, like right now having this conversation, I could quickly put something in for like May 1st or something. And just that would pop up on May 1st, like figure out summer dog sitting, you know? Yeah. 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 I get you. But tying it to the travel planning is the hard part. Yeah. And just, re- yeah. I mean, all to do's have to originate in your mind to start, right. you know, that <laughs> that's, the they piece. don't know. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, along those same lines, actually, we talked a little bit about day camps in the first half. Um, and I have, I, barely and rarely use them for a lot of the same reasons as you. But one reason that's a little bit different is that I was working pretty much full time with kids around pretty much all the time for pretty much a really long time. So, (laughs) um, I didn't, I didn't want, like at the beginning of the summer, I would become like intoxicated on the release of the schedule. And around here, you can get your kids into day camps you don't have to start planning three months in advance necessarily. Maybe things have changed a bit, but like you could get them in places. Um, it might not be the themed week you want or the exact time you want. And if you wanted like, if you wanted to cobble together an entire summer of childcare using day camps, yes, you would have to start thinking about that way in advance. But like, we also have a free camp, like, yeah, a, that's amazing. like almost, it might be $40 now or something like that. But for city residents, free, absolutely free camp that ran from nine to three every day run by the YMCA in partnership with the city. But so at first I'd be like, I don't want to do that because I just don't want to have to have my kids someplace at a certain time. But by like three or four weeks in, I could have used the break. Yeah. And by that point, my kids were not into it. And even the free camp, I would bring them a couple of times. And at the free camp, you didn't even have to drop them off at nine. You could drop them off at 11 if you wanted to and pick them up at two. It was totally open. You could do whatever you wanted. Like drop in childcare. Yeah. I know but my kids just kind of didn't want to go. And I kind of just let them not want to go. Mm-hmm. And looking back, I should have been like too bad. You're going yeah. um, at some point because I feel like I then paid the price by being, uh, I don't know, irritable, distracted, yep. like not able to sit down and finish my work. Like those kinds of things. I feel like even if it had just been one day a week where I was like, okay guys, it's Wednesday. You're all going to camp. Yeah. Um, I have friends, um, Liz and Lars that they have four kids now. And when all of our kids were like the older two of theirs were like around the same ages as some of our younger ones in our group, they went to that free day camp every single day. Mm-hmm. It was not optional. 
Their kids didn't get to say, right. I don't feel like it today. Or I don't like the games they play. (laughs) They were like, no, we both work. You're going. And I, I wish sometimes I'd been a little bit more of a, you know, hard, you know, what about it? Because I think, I just think it would have been good for all of us. And I kind of wimped out on making that happen. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, mine dovetails perfectly because it is also about proactively lining up childcare, even if technically you do not need it. But my wish I'd done is actually engage either like a teenage babysitter or even like a friend um, watching each other's kids swap just on a very small. But like like you said, with the when's on Wednesdays, we go to camp some kind of predictable basis during the summer. So if I needed childcare in the summer, I was really good at, at arranging it because I'm a planner. So if we, if Brian and I were going out of town for a wedding, you know, the grandparents would come in. If I had a doctor's appointment, I would hire our favorite teenage babysitter from down the street. But that was kind of it. I never did. I w- what I wish I would have done is said like, okay, on Friday mornings, I'm going to get the high school babysitter for three hours every Friday, whether I need it or not. And that could have been time for myself. It could have been a little bit of catch up on work. It could have been like I, I could have just gone and thought my own thoughts in Target. And and I, I wasn't very good. <laughs> in delightful. The, I know. Right. In the exact same way that you said it, like by the time you got to the place where you were feeling overwhelmed, your kids were annoying you, you were behind on work. By the time you got to that point, it feels harder to solve the problem. And I think yep. a proactive, a proactive friend swap or you know, babysitter could have been a very affordable way. I, I didn't have to go the full camp route, but just a, something that I could come to predict every week. I think it would have helped sustain my sanity longer into the summer um, so that yeah. not totally burnt out at the end for a very small, like financial sacrifice. So I wish I would have done that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's, it's kind of like we're talking about the same yeah. thing, just two different solutions, right? And so I want to pause then and say that if you are an at-home parent, you're staying at home full-time or cobbling together at-home work, like here's your double Megan and Sarah permission slip, even though we have very opposite (laughs) summer personalities, this is your permission slip to somehow proactively give yourself a little bit of childcare, even if there's not like a direct paycheck associated with it or like a meeting or a, a doctor's appointment or something. You can just do that and you can arrange it now this spring and trust us, you will be glad you did. Yeah. And sometimes it takes a little time to get in the rhythm of how to use that time. So if let's say you did have three hours every Friday, that, that first Friday, you might not have anything to do. Yeah. Like you might be just sitting there going, what am I going to do with this time? But you will find things to do with that time. And you'll start getting really good at going, why would I put myself under the stress of doing this thing on Tuesday with a baby in tow yep. or whatever, when I could just wait till Friday when yep. I have childcare and you'll get, you have to practice it a little bit, which might make it feel like, a couple of them just don't really get used very effectively, but yeah. if you want to stay home and take a nap. That's fine too. It is. And um, if you want to spend $0 trying to find a friend swap, um, you, it's, somebody's got to bring up the idea and those kind of co-ops or friend swaps can be a little awkward. Like you don't know if like your friend down the street really wants to do childcare swap, or maybe you've got three kids and she's got two, but I promise you, somebody's got to bring it up. She can always say no. Yep. And that is an absolutely free way to get the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I did, um, friend and cousin swap and all kinds of things for years. That was my childcare. And we found all kinds of creative ways to cobble it together, including sharing a sitter, but then having like one or the other. I remember for a while, Missy and I had one, two days a week. I had her kids two days a week. She had mine. It was like the afternoons we had, um, we had half day kindergarten at that point. 
And then one day we shared a sitter. So we each got like three days. Yeah. Full days of work. And like one day we paid for, for it and the other two were sitter. swaps. For a half a sitter. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it was, yeah, it was great. Um, okay. Well, one that comes to mind for me is that I wish we had taken, and this is looking way back, um, a proper like one to two week vacation every year. And I don't necessarily mean we had, we would have had to go anywhere, but just like, I think because, um, my ex and I both were self-employed and could work around each other's schedules and could Mm -hmm. technically be available whenever we wanted or needed to be. It felt like we did. And we didn't like sometimes just because you could do something, you somehow trick your brain into thinking you did it and you didn't actually do it. Um, so yeah, we could have at any time taken a week off to do like a staycation week or just to hang out around the house and get projects done or whatever. But we really didn't do that. Um, and then when the kids got bigger, we did start taking like proper every year we go on like at least a week's vacation sometimes a little more when you consider like we always do the big trip with our um, extended family. And then sometimes we'll like take a couple other little shorter trips, like two to three days, mm-hmm. but it really didn't start doing that until the kids are pretty big. Um, like I want to say the first time we went on a big, like week long summer trip was six or seven years ago, mm-hmm. maybe seven years ago. So now I kind of just wish we'd always done it. Yeah. I don't know. I think that those are nice things to do it. Um, and it doesn't have to mean spending money on travel, just like that intentional yeah. time to just get, even if it means like, we're just going to clean up our yard and make it more usable, um, for the rest of the summer or something like that can be really valuable too. And you're so right that with self-employment, the blessing and the curse is that you can work whenever you want and you're always working for, for right. a lot of people. And then if you have two yeah. partners who are both that way, then you'd both have to line up your quote unquote flexible schedules and really actually stick to taking time off, which is not easy when you're self-employed. Well, mine also is sort of similar, I guess, but um, I wish that we had ever gone to a family camp because this is an idea I was really into for a few years. I had heard a few people and if you're not familiar, it's just like summer camp, but instead of sending your kids, it would be the whole family. A lot of churches or faith organizations like are affiliated with a family camp. Um, And we don't belong to a church. And so I kind of associated it more with religious communities. And then I started to hear about people who just went to camp and they would have their own like family cabin. So you're not, you're not in bunks. You're not like sharing bathrooms with other people. You can do it in a pretty glampy way, but then the activities are all like drop in and like, you could do archery, you can like eat, you know, family style and meet other people. You can go for hikes and use the wilderness. And so it took me two or three years of kind of fantasizing about this. And then I finally like got on it and booked it for summer of 2020. Womp womp. Um, (laughs) It was one of those where I think our week, I don't remember when we were supposed to go, maybe late June. And so of course the shutdown happened and then things started. Some things in May of 2020 started to sort of like be like come back a little bit. And our family camp just swore up and down that it was not going to cancel because everything was outdoors and people were lodging separately. So they were like, we've arranged the dining differently. Um, everyone's lodging is separate. And even though we were being very COVID cautious, I was like pretty close to considering going just because everything was going to be outdoors and we'd be able to opt in and out of everything that we wanted. And then, so we like totally thought we were going and then they ended up canceling it. Like I don't know. And so I, I just don't think we'll do it now. The, like, I've got a teenager. I've got an almost teenager. 
it does not sound as fun as it would have in those ages. So it was just a timing thing. But I wish we had done a family camp when my kids were like five, seven, nine, six, yeah. eight, ten, the gravy years that you always told me I was in, you know, like the kids are old enough and independent, but there's no teenagers yet. So I wish yep. we'd done it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, mine kind of, mine kind of, my last one sort of aligns with that actually. And, and this would actually extend though, and maybe make, maybe give you a glimmer of maybe wanting to do something like this, even outside those grave years. I really do wish that I had intentionally found more things to do together, all of us, while the bigger kids were turning into teens. Mm. I feel like when the age range, like the difference got so striking, like when Clara was four and Jacob was 16. I'd be like, I don't know what to do with all these people. <laughs> what do I do with you all? What do I? Well, there's nothing they all want to do. Yeah. And you can tell the teenagers are slightly annoyed with the younger siblings and they're loud and obnoxious and like nobody is happy, you know, with like the same activity yeah. or there are very few activities are going to make everyone happy. Now you'll make it work when you're on a family vacation once a year. So there were times where we're like, doesn't really matter. Yeah. Pound sand. If you don't like it, like we're <laughs> all going together, but like the day to day, um, it would have been nice to have a weekly outing that everybody did. Even if there was some eye rolling uh -huh. and annoyance and things like, and kids who weren't really into it. And I think instead I just sort of let the teenagers just do their own thing. And I, cause I had five kids and I just kept shuffling the ones who actually wanted to be there with me. So yeah. it was like, I'd have a four-year-old and a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old, but I would like, you know, let the other, the two oldest kind of just do whatever. What ends up happening is that at some point the nine-year-old goes, wait, how come those ones yeah. aren't doing any, like they're not going with us. I don't want to either. And then you have like almost like a mutiny on your yeah. hands. And that doesn't really happen when they're all young together. Mm -hmm. They're all doing the same thing. It's like when a couple of them start to peel off, yep. it creates like a downward spiral. The little ones get big real fast. Yeah. Um, and I just wish that like, that I had kind of been able to fast forward in my mind and see how quickly it would all go and mm -hmm. how quickly the biggest ones would be gone. And now the big ones really want to spend time with the little ones, but they're off living their adult lives. Yeah. So and the little ones are teenagers. Um, now. Yeah. <laughs> like I know. Your younger so, ones are the teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like a big regret that I'm beating myself up no. about. It's just, it would be nice to have a few memories like that of us having like a weekly ice cream ritual yeah. or something. It doesn't, it wouldn't have to be super structured or intense. I just think it would be nice. Yeah. And I, I think hopefully we've struck that chord throughout that these are, we are not lying awake at night, beating ourselves up for these things. But I do think it's interesting to look back and just be like, oh, I, I wish I would have done that a little differently yeah. as the, as the oldest and as a teenager who was very grumpy about hanging out with my family, I can just co-sign that. First of all, I'm very glad that sometimes I had to, and most of that was travel. Just like you said, like the reason I had to, and the reason I had to pound sand was because we were all like going somewhere together on a road trip or something. Um, but that I had a terrible attitude, I'm sure. And yet I'm still glad that there were times where I was kind of forced to just do yeah. what the family was doing. So just validating. Um, okay. Well, this was really fun. I would love to hear from listeners of what other general topics, I mean, it could be anything, parenting topics, home topics, like any of the things that we talk about on this show, but that you think would work well with this, like, glad I did wish I'd done format. Cause I think you all will have really good ideas. So you can email us. We're hello at the mom hour.com. 
you know where else to find us in the Facebook group and on Instagram and all that. Yeah. But I would love to yeah, hear. Yeah, I'm excited about this. It's fun. Yeah. And, you know, we still have, as you're thinking about your summer plans, we do have that travel hub up um, that we are, you know, keep like there's just so much good stuff there. So even if you've glanced at it, keep looking because it could continue to grow. And um, it, it's just all like a lot of good ideas that will help you as you're making your summer plans. Absolutely. And and we released a lot of that around the timing of spring break, but not everybody travels for spring break. So now you're looking ahead. We've got travel gear. We've got tips about road trips and flying with little ones and got stuff about going to Disney and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, it's uh, themomhour.com slash travel 22. And we will link that up in the show notes. And then, you know, we've given each other some advice today, but yeah. uh, we need your advice. There's things that turns out Neither of, we can't help each other or ourselves with. So this Sunday, we've got a really fun more than mom coming up where we're just going to name some things that we need help with. Um, and we're hoping that you all can help us out. So check back Sunday for that. We'll talk to you then. The mom hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study, focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E R I K A dot A P P, and use code The Mom Hour to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.